theyeshiva.net. Okay, so we'll continue the Maimer Yehuda Ata, Yeducha Chach, in the beginning of Torah Erva Yechi. We're up to the third paragraph, right? Vihine Zel Inyan Uven. Who Inyan Pchinis Parsha Rishayna Shabakishma Shabchinis Ratsi. Till now, the discussion was on Reuven. And the whole beginning of the Maimer was that in order to get to Yehuda, which is Haidaya, true gratitude and fusion, as we will see, you need the introduction of Reuven, Shimon, and Levi. Yehuda Ata, but in order to get to Yehuda, you need Yehuda Achacha. You need the experience of your brothers. <laughs> In other words, without Yehud, without Reuven and Shimon Levi, Yehuda can't emerge. There can't be the the experience of Yehuda. Physically, it means Yehuda was born after Reuven, Shimon, and Levi. And then Leah says, "Hapam now oides Hashem." I could thank Hashem. In a person's life, there are the three stages of Reuven, Shimon, and Levi. This mime is really about four stages of a relationship, four levels of a relationship, four dimensions of a relationship: Reuven, Shimon, Levi, and Yehuda. So in order to get to Yehudi, you have Reuven, Shimon, and Levi. So the first two chapters of the Maimer, the Balatanya, that Rebbe explained the avoid of Reuven in a person's life. Reuven, primarily from the word Re'iyah, Re'u, Bain, see my child. Ra Hashem Ba'anyi, Hashem saw my pain. That's why she named him Reuven. Which is the ability to be able, the gift of the soul to be able to see to be able to perceive in a way that is so real and intimate as though I'm seeing it with my physical eyes. There's a way of a person understanding something, thinking about something, contemplating, but that can remain abstract, cerebral, aloof. It's not real, it's not vivid. Like the Gemara says in Brachas, that sometimes a Ganev, he also davens to Hashem. He asks Hashem to help him in the Gneva. What does this mean? That the Amuna is, it's makif, it's, it's superficial. So get Nishtarayin in the Bainer. It's not, it's not authentic. There's still a detachment. You know, he believes one thing and he's not lying, he's not bluffing. Takadavan's Hashem to help him. But then there is the seeing, you know, when you see and it becomes ingrained in you, you're glued to it. You're affected by it in a different way. And the Alter Rebbe said that was the function of davening. Chazal created the whole structure of davening to be able to help a person. Not just to say words and repeat sentences. But it's an experience. To be able to gaze at the glory of the king. The experience. The intimate experience. That's the ear, which is always the source of a hafta. All leading up, all the way from Sukkot to Zimra, through Uvin, leading up till Vahafta love. So all the Bismari Tehillim, the Vayavarach David, the Shira, the, the Yishtabach, the Brachas, all the Halalukas from Sukkot to Zimra, all the Birchis Krishma. It's all a gift, that the soul should be able to use its own eyes to be able to see, to be able to experience. It should be real, intimate. And he added, that it's Ra Hashem Ba'anyi. Part of this love is also bringing in to the equation the Anyi, the fact that a person has limitations. 
that the person is in a, sometimes a space of distress. And every person, because of the soul coming into a place of Zman and Makim, time and place, there's a Vayitzaku El Hashem Batsar Lahem, the cry, the outcry from the Tsar, from the Engshaft, from the narrowness. And that creates even a deeper ishi, even a deeper love. And a love that's not highly, but Ishi, you are my fire. Where the passion, you are my fire, in other words, where my passion and you become one. There's no contradiction anymore between my authenticity and my relationship with you. Because the biggest challenge in a relate, one of the biggest challenges, let's say, in a marriage is every person has two needs. On one hand, you want to be you. On the other hand, you want to be connected, right? You don't want to be alone. And that's where it becomes a challenge. On one hand, I want to be me. And I want to really be me. I don't want to be the me that you want me to be. Most marriage issues is about this. If you go a little deeper, I want to be me. Ich will sein ich. Ich will nicht sein, weil du willst ich soll sein. I don't want to be you want, you should, I want to be me. I want to be authentic. Or as some people say, I can't not be authentic. I can't not be me. I can't be, uh, I can't put on a mask. Corona's over. Hopefully. I can't wear a mask my whole life. On the other hand, I don't want to be alone. <laughs> Does being me mean that I have to be alone? Not only with your wife or with your husband, it's also with God. It's also with God. I want to be me, but I don't want to be alone. I want to be connected. I want a relationship. So which one do I want? <laughs> which one is stronger? <laughs> which one is stronger, right? Some people will say, I can't stay in this relationship because I can't be me. You don't let me be me. You rob me for my identity. I have to become somebody I'm not. I can't fake. Sometimes it may be selfishness. Sometimes it may be deeper. Maybe real pain. You know? It's a complicated parsha. So sometimes people go into one or the other. Now, Rebbe is saying here what Ishi is. Ishi is, you are my fire. <laughs> in other words, in the real, real relationship, not only does it not compromise authenticity, but there's a oneness. That's what a real relationship is. In other words, I become most authentic in the connection. And that's what real Avayda Hashem is, that I should be able to be the most me in that relationship with you. And that's the Chiddush of Ishi. What Chava is looking for is Ishech, not Baili. Ishech. Baili is, you're my master. Baal. Balabayas. You're the owner of the house. You're my master. Right? And then there's this conflict. You're my master, but uh, I don't want to be your servant. I want to be me. <laughs> I want to be my master. So that's why the Navu of Lasid Love is Vahaya Bayaimahu Altikru Baili Latikruli Baili in Hesheya, Isaiah, Altikruli Ishi. You're not my master, you're my you're my fire. 
That's a different type of connection. When Ra Hashem Ba'anyi, the Ehez was it's pretty heavy. Kira Hashem Ba'anyi, when you could bring in your pain into it. The Balchuva, right? The Makam Shabali Chuva, the Bechele Yatir, the Batsarli, then it turns out that the authenticity and the relationship become one. That takes a lot of courage, it takes a lot of. Uh, Awareness, self-awareness. So this is the end of Reuven. I told you that the Rebbe got a little, uh, I don't want to say the word lost, but maybe you could say a little lost in Reuven. <laughs> this is Reuven, and it's culminated. It starts with Pesukah it starts with Baruch Shamar Haidu, but it culminates in the first section of Shema, which is rotsi. Rotsi means a state of rotsi, of yearning, of connection, of love. That's what rotsi means. Rotsi and shoiv is an expression in Sefi Yitzira, but it comes from Yecheskel. V'hachayos, rotsi, v'shoiv. Rotsi comes from the word rots. Like the angelic beings are running, they're yearning, they're craving, like heavy rots, l'dvar mitzvah. It's also from the word rotsi, right? It's all rots. Shoiv is returning, retreating. Ratzoy is the, the chukka, the craving to run to you. And then Shoiv is retreat. So he says, the first parish of Krishna is Ratzoy. It's the heart, so to speak, going up. After Reuven comes Shimon. Now it's time to hear. Shimon comes from the word Shmiya. When you look in Parshas Vayetze, when Reuven was born, Leah gave the names to the children. So when Reuven was born, her expression was, Hashem saw my affliction. Now my husband will love me. Now she has a second child. What does she say now? Kishoma Hashem. The first time, it's interesting, the first time Hashem didn't hear, he saw. And this time he didn't see, he heard. So what was Well, she needed a different name, right? Ken gave it... But it's not so partial. The first time he saw, he also heard, no? The second time he heard and he didn't see. Obviously, it's very interesting. Reuven and Shimon's souls are different souls. Reuven is connected to seeing, and Shimon is connected to hearing. And Leia had that insight, that when she saw Reuven and she had to give him a name, she said, Hashem saw. And when she saw Shimon, she said, Hashem heard. And since it's Harusad al-Sati, Harusad which means, like the... A few times, he says that the Baal Shem Tev used to always, when he wanted to speak to the Olam, he says, he would, he would shmuz, he would, he would teach. The Baal is testifying. He probably heard it from the Magid or, or people who were by the Baal Shem Tev. It says in Tehillim, Hashem Tzilcha, Hashem is your shadow. So literally it means like he's a shadow, you find shade in the shadow, it's a sunny day. The heat is scorching and you go under the tree. When the Baal Shem Tov said, Hashem Tzilcha means, as a classic Baal Shem Tov art, Hashem Tzilcha is, the shadow follows whatever you do. You pick up your foot and the shadow picks up. You move your hand right if you see your shadow, it emulates you. So Hashem Tzilcha, Hashem is your shadow. It brings out the intimacy between man and God. It's not just you respond to Him, He responds to you. You create the divine energy. 
So the Ruven of Hashem comes from a person's Ruven, from a person's seeing. And the Shimon from Hashem comes from a person hearing. When I see, when I see, there is also that reciprocity, Hashem Tzilcha. That's what he said earlier, that when the person sees, the avoid of Re'iyah creates Kamayim upon him, upon him, that he should see, Ro Hashem. It's a different relationship. Ke'ato Ye'avani. Now is Shimon, V'hoyim Shamaya Shubchin is Shuv. Hearing represents the opposite, shoiv, returning. What's the connection of rotze and shuv to seeing and hearing? Re'iyah seeing is always when something is close. I can't see something after a certain limit. Even if you have great 20-20 vision, so there's a certain distance you can see. But there has to be kiruv. Somebody's in front of me, I could see them. You're a little distance, I could still see you. At a certain point, I can't see you. And if there's a wall in between, there's no seeing. So what does this represent emotionally, spiritually? The love that comes from closeness. When I see you up close, there's love. I love you. There's a lot to love, but I have to see you. Hearing represents something that's distant. Just like physically, you can hear about something that happened a thousand years ago. You can hear about something that's happening on the other side of the world. Shmiya is also understanding, right? Shma Yisrael is not just hearing with your ears. Shmiya, <coughs> like there's a pasuk, Daber ki shaymeya avdecha. In Yiddish they say, Deherst v'sichzag. I know you're hearing physically, but Deherst, you're hearing. Understanding can be something that's really distant from me. Right? Like physical things you could see. Spirituality you can't see. You can hear, so to speak. (laughs) That's why it says by Matan Torah, that which is usually heard, they saw. That which is usually transcendent, distant, you need to hear, they could see. It became so vivid. So, And that's what causes a sense of awe, a sense of reverence. The distance. The Navi says, Chavakak, Hashem, Shamati Shimacha, Yoresi. The Yoresi, the year comes because, the awe comes because Shamati Shimacha. Shamati is the concept of Shmir. Hashem, Shamati Shimacha, Yoresi. Ki hayiri hibomach, Hashemchines harichok. The sense of awe comes from a distance. Hanimshach, Mabchines, small doicha. And this is the concept the Gemara says in sight that there's Yemin Mekareves, a small doicha. The right hand should bring close, and the left hand pushes away. So it doesn't mean small doicha, I push you away because I want to reject you. He's saying it means something much deeper. There is the emotion in the person where I push myself away. I humble myself. Saying to myself, Mihu asher arav libay lageshes. Who feels that he has the heart that he could get close? That's a healthy awe, a healthy distance. In other words, the respect of the boundaries. As I tipple, I love yiru pachad belibay, and then the result is that there's a sense of awe, there's a sense of of reverence in a person's heart. Kamoshikosov it says by Matan Torah, vayar ha'am. First they saw. They saw so much, Vayanu. They trembled, Vayamdu Meirachak. And they realized they have to stand far away. Shabishvil Vayanu, because there was a Vayanu, a tremble. Shaken, they were shaken. 
they had this sense of awe that befell that, that fell upon them. Now they realize now it's time to hear. As your heart is racing, return to Echad, return to oneness. This is the theme of the second parasha, over here the focus is on awe. In the second parasha you have the whole discussion on be cautious, maybe your heart will turn away. In other words, in the first parsha, it's all the closeness, the love, the positivity. In the second parsha, there's already a sense, there's a fear, there's an awe. Leah says, Hashem heard that I'm loathed, I'm unliked. What does this mean? Again, it doesn't mean I'm hated. <laughs> it means kisnua anoichi. There's a part of me, I'm feeling a discomfort. It says in Tehillim, somebody has a certain shame in their eyes. Through the arousal from below that the person considers themselves unworthy. My left arm, which pushes me away, it creates an arousal from above. Hashem hears. He hears me. Which is a distance. And this gives me the gift of awe. The gift of Yira. You, do you understand what Alter Rebbe is saying here? A very good relationship has a lot of love. A lot of connection, a lot of closeness. But if it's a really good relationship, it also has distance. We call it respect. It's called boundaries. It's that I know that I don't know you. And this is hard. sometimes the first thing is hard for people, sometimes the second thing is hard for people. I'm so close to you. I want to be close to you. I want to know everything about you. I want you to know everything about me. We're talking about a real relationship, not a fake relationship. Re'iya, I see you. I really could see you, and therefore you could really see me. And we spoke about the Atayah Avani Ishi, and I bring everything into it, even the pain. I can even talk about the parts that are uncomfortable, the limits, right? As we discussed in the previous year. So what more? The second stage in the relationship is the ability to be able to say, you know, I don't really, I don't know anything about you. <laughs> I don't know. With, with, with humility. With humility. That's a distance. Basically, I'm saying, I'm so, di- I really don't know. Not in a way of anger, like, why don't I know? No. Of course I don't know. Of course I don't know. Again, if I'm, it's coming from a place of anger and frustration and negativity, then it's not what we're talking about. He's talking here about a gift. This is a gift. Why is it a gift? Because a relationship means that we're really connected. And the real connection acknowledges the fact that there's something I don't know. There are things I don't know. There are secrets. There are intimate places in a person's soul that I cannot master, I cannot own. There's parts of me that I barely know. There's parts of me that I barely know. I have to respect that too. 
And there's parts of you that I know and I want to know. And then there's also the respect for the boundary. There's something sacred about your identity that I don't know. And for that I have an awe, a respect, a reverence. It's not fear that you're going to punish me, that you're going to scream at me, that you're going to harm me. That we have to deal with in order to get to the Ava. But it's a respect of the boundaries that exist between us. And the same is true with Hashem, even in a deeper sense. There's also the awe of the distance of what I don't know, of what I don't understand. I think I told you once a story. There was a chasana once, a wedding. And you know how they have batchanim. So officially a batchan is a joker. But sometimes batchanim say very deep things in the form of jest. So there was once a chasana. The balatanya was there. I don't know if it was a relative or something. And the batchan was a chassid of his. A Talmud of the Balatanya. But he couldn't do Batchanas in front of the Balatanya. It was just, uh, he didn't feel uh, free. So what did he do? He had a drink. He had a few drinks. He said a lot of L'chaim so he could loosen up. And after his L'chaim, he started his Batchanas. So what did he say? He said, I decided that there's no major difference between me and the Rebbe. Between me and the Balatanya. Why? He says, Azai. Whatever I know, he also knows. Whatever the Rebbe doesn't know, I also don't know. So he says, The difference is, There's a couple of things about life that the Rebbe knows. But then he said, But how does that compare to what the Rebbe doesn't know? And the Rebbe started to cry. How does that compare to what he doesn't know? <laughs> so therefore I decided there's no major difference between us. Right? There's an expression in Jewish philosophy, Rabbi Yosef Alba and others, Tachlis The ultimate knowledge is that I don't know. But that's the ultimate knowledge. Now a couch potato also doesn't know. Was Tachlis I, once, I was once learning it in a class, so somebody said, so why should we learn? <laughs> why should we learn anything? If at the end of everything, you're going to just tell me that I don't know, so why, do, why should I start? I get the kasha, right? The answer is there's the ignorance that comes from sheer ignorance, and there's the ignorance that comes from enlightenment. <laughs> Enlightened ignorance. It's a different type of ignorance. You know what you don't know. You also know why you don't know. So that itself is a closeness. It's a sophisticated ignorance. It's an ignorance that comes from deep knowledge. And from the deep knowledge, you stand in awe of the mystery. Any, sci- any physicist in the modern, in the today's world who's genuine is in awe. You can't not be in awe. Right? But the awe comes from what? From knowledge. <laughs> you know everything you could know. You wrap your brain around everything you could, and then you reach a point where you're like, wow. And you're like, don't try to control this. Don't try to see it. Just be this. Go back. Just look at it. That's a sense of bittel. But this is a very, very healthy component in a relationship. It's a very, it's healthy because it's true, because it's genuine. So he says, that's the stage of Shimon.
Shimon challenged himself very deep. Shimon always felt distant. Now you could feel distant without Reuven. I just feel distant from you. I don't trust you. You don't trust me. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about Parsha Shnik of Krishna. You just took a deep breath. Why? It's the awe. Vayar Ha'am, they saw. But they saw to the point that Vayanu and then Vayamdu Meirachak. They stood far. This is the humility. It's the vulnerability. And it's true even in human relationships. Here he's describing the ultimate relationship between a person and his creator. But it's true in relationships. We have a therapist in the room. So he once did a marriage seminar and he said, in a bad marriage, you get to know your spouse. In a good marriage, you never know your spouse. In a good marriage, now you would think it's the other way. In a bad marriage, I don't know you. I'm just busy demonizing you. You know, I hate you, you hate me. I'm angry at you. In a good marriage, I know you, you know me. There's a truth to that, of course. But in a really good marriage, you don't know. You're always curious. Now that's a deep madrega, you have to understand that. Well, I'm with you for 40 years, what do you mean I don't know? What do you mean? I, don't, I know which food you like, I know your habits, I know your mishagasana, I know the idiosyncrasies, right? I know what you think about your mother. <laughs> well, what don't I know? <laughs> but that means it's not such a good marriage. In a very good relationship, I'm always curious. I'm always open to mystery because there is a mystery. Now, why do you think that is? That's beautiful. You're saying a person's goodness is infinite. So you never really have it. That's deeper even. That's beautiful. That's very beautiful. Make sure you tell it to your wife. Don't just say it here. Say it at home. But I would just maybe go back one step. There's a part of you that's alone. Because it's you. Even I don't know my aloneness fully. In other words, there's a certain element of you, of your atzmius, that if, if, if I knew it, I would be it. It says about Hashem again in Jewish, if I knew it, I would be it. And I'm not it. There's a certain respect for that. There's a curiosity. I want to know. I want to find out. But I have to be able to maintain that sense of distance, not try to, you know, like a bull in a china shop, control it and think that I have it all figured out. That's what Shimon represented. When a person has that, Kishama Hashem, Hashem hears you. What does it mean he hears you? He gives you that gift of Yira. And Yira is a gift. That's what he says. It's Hamshacha. It's not, we think Av is a gift. Yira is like, oh my God. No, no, Yira is a gift. You know why? Because in a way, it's a deeper closeness. Why is it a deeper closeness? Because the fact that I'm experiencing the distance, I'm experiencing the all, means there's a closeness. You understand what I'm saying? It means there's a closeness. I'm cl- you know why? Because I'm connecting to that which is I can't connect to. The only way you could connect to that which you can't connect to is through Yira. That's the word in this Maimah. The Hest? There's things I could connect to through love. That's amazing. I become attached to it. It's like your mind. How do I connect to that which I can't connect to? Through awe. That's a relationship. 
when I'm in a state of awe, when I'm experiencing that distance, it's a relationship with that which is not easily connected to because it's beyond me, it transcends me. That, this also comes from a place of wholeness. It can be from a place of frustration and anger and negativity because then the distance is just contaminated. There's a distance that comes from because there's a lack of trust, there's a wall between us. But there's a distance that comes from a very, very deep place of connecting where I could look into your eyes and see how much I don't see. And I could just say, wow. Hashem shamati shemacha yeresi. Right? So the parsha Shniya, you're going a step deeper. And that's why it's because over there you see how a person's heart could be, could take him in all types of directions. How distant I could be. How much I don't know. How much I don't understand. And that's very, very healthy. Very important in a relationship. I can't just come in close. It's not because... Not because you don't want me. It's a pasnish. It's, it's a <laughs> I guess it's connected to that. It's the respect, you know. Don't mix this up with fear that you're going to hurt me. That's not what we're talking about. You're going to punish me. You hate me. I can't trust you. You're going to traumatize me. That's not what he's talking about. That's not what happened by Vayamdu Meirachayk. I remember I saw the picture once. They have a picture. It was taken quite a few years ago, maybe in the 90s, of planet Earth. Taken, I think, from like uh, 4 million light years away or something. <laughs> so our planet looks like... Uh, <laughs> huh? Mamish a speck. I looked at it and I, I said, wow. <laughs> you got to see it from a distance. <laughs> Like, wow, you know, it's good for the ego. It's good for the ego. Now, do you start with that? You can't start with that. Because then nothing matters. I'm just a speck of dust, so so fine. So That's why he starts with Reuven. You have to start with closeness. You can't start telling a child you're a speck of dust, you know. Go, to, go, 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 to, go, go four billion light years away. Yeah. Trust me, nobody, no, no, nobody sees your emotions. You don't start like that. If you start like that, it could be very abusive. You start with closeness. Ava, Ruven. I want to be seen. I have to be seen. When you grow into a more mature relationship, right? And now I also have that ability to be able to appreciate the distance, the smallness. And that only makes the love so much more precious. Because there's these two sides. In other words, when there's a relationship from awe and mystery, again, it's a much deeper relationship because you're connecting to something very real, very authentic. That's what Shimon represents. It says, Adam knew Chava, right? If he really knew her, what did he know? That he doesn't know her. But you can only get to that if you know her. (laughs) You know, just to say, I don't know you and I don't want to know you, that's not what we're talking about. Then it's not after Reuven. It's not after seeing. I know you. <laughs> and because I know you so well, I now know that I don't know. And that's, that's real knowledge. That's real, real knowledge. Real knowledge is that I know that I don't know. And that itself is a knowledge. That itself is a relationship. 
the gift of Yireh, the, the ability to feel that, to experience that, is a relationship. To really experience, that's a connection. Yireh is a connection. We look at Yireh as, get away. You be scared of me. Don't come close to me. I'm scared of you. That's not a gift. He's saying it's, it's a gift from Hashem. I think awe. You know, Ri'iyah is also Yira. <laughs> he said in the beginning that Aryeh is Oisius Ri'iyah, Aryeh El Hayamin, which is the same words like Yira. Because it's the other side of Ri'iyah. <laughs> it's like when you turn it around, you know, you see it from the other side. Ri'iyah is also Yira. It's just a deeper vision. When you see more, you say, wow, I, I can't see. You close your eyes. Why do we close our eyes at very deep moments of connection? Why? People do this, yeah? From a very instinct, nobody told you to close your eyes. You may close your eyes in the middle of a song, you may close your eyes when you're hugging somebody, you may close your eyes when you're kissing somebody, you may close your eyes under a chuppah of your child, of the, you may you close it, why are you close it? In the middle of davening. Why, why do we close our eyes? Shema Yisrael, we close our eyes. Huh? Because you want to see deeper, no? And your eyes will disturb it. You want to see deeper. The deeper connection, the deeper the connection, the deeper the loneliness. The, the, the more the yira. Now that could put the whole relationship in danger. Because now I actually become lonely. It's a, it's a truer relationship. But this can drive you crazy also, if it's genuine. If the ultimate knowledge is that I don't know you, so where does that leave us? Yes, it's a healthy distance. It's a good distance. It's a distance of Yira. It's a very deep connection. I'm actually connecting to you. How do I really connect to you? There's a small doicha. There's a sense of unworthiness. Why do I even think I can know you? I can't. And that's the truth. But again, only after Ava. <laughs> don't, don't do this before Ava. <laughs> if you do it before Ava, you get cut off before you're close. After Ava. He says we could increase it through our Yisrael Sata. It's a very, very deep gift. I'm, I'm struggling myself with the Isis. Like, to be able to experience Yira. <laughs> yeah. No, no, it's not about, it's never about blame. If you're hearing blame is... Yeah, he's just saying when the relationship goes a step deeper, you, this place comes out. Kishama Hashem kisnuwa noichi. Hashem hears kisnuwa noichi. I'm feeling my own distance. Snuwa noichi in this case is a good thing. Not snuwa noichi, I'm hated. I'm hated, you know, uh, I don't think I should exist. Snuwa noichi is, there's a humility in me. Like, I don't feel worthy of, of, of knowing, of, of, of figuring it out, of understanding everything. In Kabbalah and Arizal, there's a level in Eitzchayim called Radla. Reisha de la Yisyada. The head that's unknown. Stalter Rebbe writes in one of the Maimonim, it's not known even to itself. 
You know, you have that with yourself also. It's not known even to itself. It's not processing itself through knowledge. That's, when I saw that line, it's like, wow. So in other words, there's a self that you can process through knowledge. Because if you're processing it through knowledge, you're not processing it. <laughs> you're just, uh, d- you're dumbing it down. That's the problem of Seichel. <laughs> Seichel wants to understand things through intellect. Now that right away puts it into an intellectual box, which is good when it's a logical idea, but not when it's Radla, not when it's Reshad Loisyad. That's why sometimes you'll have an experience in life and you almost start laughing at your intellect because it's like a little, a little child, you know what I mean? Trying to, to lift up his finger to touch the moon. Like your finger is very cute, but this is beyond. Like don't try to reach the moon with your finger like, or with an airplane. That you have awe. There's awe of it. This, 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 it's, this is even yourself. This creates This is what, what Leia saw in Shimon. It says in Kabbalah that Rizal says Shema is Chesed and Hayim Shema is Gvura. What's the connection? Hashem is Mab Vav. I'm not going to get into it, but in Kabbalah, there's two names of Hashem. One is 42 letters, one is 72 letters, one is Chesed, one is Gvura. Elishu is scalarless, but it's always integrated. Kishma, Chesed, Aver, Uven. But Vekalul Gamkin, Migvura, Pchinis Ra, Baanyanal. Vechain, Vahoyim Shema, Yir, Kalul Mayava. In Kedusha, there's never a quality that's isolated, there's always integration. There's no Ava without Yir, there's no Yir without. It's very important. There's no love without awe, there's no awe without love. Because one without the other, cuts off the relationship. There's no extremism in the sense there's only love, there's no awe. There's only awe and there's no love. There's no connection. Both are real. The ayin and the yesh, the chesed and the gvura, the closeness and the distance. So even in Shema, you have also, ra'ah Hashem ba'anyi. Remember in Shema, we also spoke about the distance. You saw my pain, you bring in the pain. And in Vahayim Shemaya, it's not only hishamru, be careful. It says also, la'avas Hashem alakechem. The question is, what's the dominant feature? Reuven and Shimon. Reuven, the dominant feature was connection and love. And that's why Reuven, his whole life, was striving for connection. Not always successfully. Always wanted connection. Right? In every story of Reuven, he's seeking connection. With his mother, with his father, with his siblings. Always. And Shimon was a man of Gvura. <laughs> Shimon challenged himself and he challenged everybody else. That was Shimon. In Shechem with Yosef, Shimon was different. Right? Shimon Velevi, Achim. You know, Yaakov was upset. Shimon was, was intense. Shimon was very intense. Shimon always saw the distance. I once saw a line from Professor Abraham Joshua Heschel. He has a book on Kotsk in Yiddish. He was an of the Apterov, Rebbe Avram Yeshua Heschel. So he writes, what was the difference between the Baal and the Kotzke Rebbe? So he says, the Baal Shem Tev in Yedin Shlechts hat gezen Gutz. And the Kotzke Rebbe in Yedin Gutz hat gezen Shlechts. The Baal Shem Tev, wherever there was bad, he found good. And the Kotzke Rebbe, wherever there was good, he found the bad. <laughs> you know, the, the Kotzke Rebbe said, the Yetzirah never leaves you, even on your deathbed. Even your last breath is a Yetzirah. They asked him, what? 
the person is a goisus. says, the Yitzhar comes to you and says, don't just drop dead. Do it nicely. Say vidui, say shma Yisrael. Finish echot, and then you die. <laughs> and the whole crowd will say, wow. <laughs> Dying class. <laughs> so that's the Kotzke Rebbe, right? <laughs> the shma Yisrael at the end could just be your narcissistic Meshuggah ego. <laughs> But he challenged people that way. He challenged people that way. The truth is, the Baal Shem Tov, his last words on his deathbed were, Altevayeni Regal Gaiva. Shvuas, Shvuas Tovka, Altevayeni Regal Gaiva. <laughs> I just realized. In Tehillim, don't bring me even to the leg of arrogance. Don't bring me to the regal, to the foot of, of Gaiva of arrogance. So that ability to be able to always, you know, say, and maybe I'm distant, maybe I don't know. You know, why, why do I think I know? That's a humility. That's, that's the second parish of Krishna. Hisham Rulachem. Pen Yiftalavavchem. Yeah. Chesed and Gvura. Which is Aven yeah. I guess Gvura has to be challenged. <laughs> maybe Yaakov was so, you know, Toughen his words because Gvura has to be challenged. Uh huh? We don't know what he said his whole life to them. Listen, they all stayed in the family, so something good was happening. You know what I mean? Nobody ran away over there. Huh? I'm saying nobody left, right? Nobody left. You can't say that about Avram and Yitzchak. Okay? There's no bad words Avram says to Yishmal, at least in words. And there's no bad words that Yitzhak says to Esau, but nobody, they didn't stay. So Yaakov did something right. <laughs> you have to understand that. No, it's a very serious thing. He spoke to his children in a way that they felt that they had a father. It's Reuven, that was Reuven. Reuven. Rashi says in Dvarim that Yaakov didn't mention to Reuven what he did with Bilhah until his deathbed. That means he waited almost 60 years. Think about that. It says right away he heard the story. Vayishma Yisrael, right away, what Reuven did. But he didn't talk about it until his last moments. What does that say? 60 years you hold something in your belly and it's not a small story. It's not true. Uven went, you know, he went to the movies, Mitzray Shabbos. It's not what he did. <laughs> you know, he smoked illegally. It's not what he did. So serious thing, relative to Reuven's Madrega. The way it's in Pshat, it's a very serious. Chazal also say, he, you know, he went into the bedroom, he took out Yaakov's bed, he interfered into Yaakov's intimate life. He didn't talk about it. Well, that's big. <laughs> Why didn't he talk about it? So Rashi says. Because Yaakov said, if I give him Taichicha, Shema Yelech V'yidbak of Ochi. He's going to leave me and he's going to become a Chassid of Ace of my brother. And because of that, he did not speak for 60 years about something that was his own marriage, his own marriage. Reuven mixed into his life. And it was wrong and he didn't say anything. What does that tell you? 
You kept it in your chest, right? You kept it in your chest, that's hard. And you didn't tell them anything till the moment you die. So now the question is, why wasn't he afraid then that he's going to run to Esau? So somebody said, well, then Reuben was already an old man. He had to marry off grandchildren, get them into seminary. He had to get his grandkids into brisk. So what is he going to run off? Well, when you're 85 years old, you're going to say bye. But that's not the real reason. The real reason is because when Reuben realized that for 60 years his father didn't say anything because he was sensitive to his emotions and his experience, he said, if this is who my father is, I'm not going to Esau. That's the idea. Now there's the next piece. Here's the problem. If the ultimate knowledge is that I don't know, that he didn't know Chava. So that means the deeper the relationship, the more the loneliness. The deeper the relationship, the more the yira, right? So where does that leave me? So look at the next step. This is the al Vintage Dalton, what happens next? Very strange. 16 expressions that it's true. It's like, whoa. You know when somebody starts telling you, I promise you it's true. I swear to you it's true. What does that mean? (laughs) What does that mean? We all know what it means, right? It's true, it's true, it's true. You don't believe me, you don't believe me. I got it. No. Fifteen. Fifteen times it's true. Different adjectives. Now if you came home, your wife asked you, where were you last night? She said, I went uh, to a shear. Of course, right? She's like, really? <laughs> she said, yeah, really. No. Really, it stands, it's correct. It exists, it's right, I'm faithful, I'm beloved, I'm precious, I'm sweet, I'm awesome, I'm powerful. It's correct, it's accepted, it's good, it's beautiful. Something is, uh, obviously there's a, a struggle here. What is, what's the struggle after Krishna? Well, the Rebbe says, this is the struggle. <laughs> it's not the struggle that you don't trust me. It's the struggle that the relationship ended up in a place where I, I feel the loneliness because of how much I know, how much I see. So I know how much I don't see. The infinity of it. So he says, This thing. Reuven, she said, Now my husband will love me. Shimon, she said, Hashem saw that I'm hated. Shama Hashem, or loathed, I think is a better word. Hashem saw that I'm loathed, and he gave me Shimon. Now she has a third son, she says, now my husband will become attached to me. She didn't say that before. She said, my husband will love me. And the second time she said, Hashem heard that I'm loathed. Now ye love it, the word levi comes from the word levi, accompaniment. When you accompany somebody, you connect to somebody. Like the Leviim, I called Leviim because they come from Levi. The, the Leviim accompanied themselves. They attached themselves to the Kayanim. The Kayanim were always with the Leviim. In the Beis Hamikdash, they worked together. 
The Leviim serve, they help the Kayanim. Now my husband will come to me. He will accompany me. He'll finally come with me on the journey. What happens by Levi? What happens? Huh? The Ksava Kabbalah says, a mother can hold two children in the two arms. The third child, she's like, Yaakov, you take him. <laughs> it's a very cute vart. Hapam love ishi Eli, finally, get to work. It takes men, usually three children, to realize that they're married, you know? The woman realizes she's married, usually under the chuppah. Huh? Then for sure. The husband, usually after two kids, uh, he sees like, if he's at least, you know, oh, I'm married, okay. <laughs> I'm not a bachir anymore. Till three, you know, you could still fake it a little bit. So he says like this, In the Mizmarim of Shabbos of the Arizal, those who do the Arizal's piyutim, there's Azama B'Shvachin and Asadal Sadasa. Darizal composed for Friday night and Shabbos day meal. Now, Rebbe put it into his Siddur. Those are the Zmidis he put into his Siddur from Darizal. So it says, Yemino smala, you have the right and the left. Uveinayu in between is Kala, the bride. Ki The left side, it says in Shirashidim. The left side, the left arm is under my head. Pchinis smal doicha. Hu shegeremes liyas nesiyas roish. The smile. Tachas l'roshi. The smile lifts up your head. It's a smile in the Shirashim. Smile tachas l'roshi v'yemine t'chapkeini. So what does that mean? His left arm goes under my head. What happens when you put your left arm under my head? You lift up the head. This is how you see what smile is. If smile doesn't lift up your head, it's not healthy yira. We think yira gvura is, I put down your head. I crush you. Kisises rosh b'nei yisro. You have to lift up the head. Smile, Yira doesn't put down, it lifts up your head, it opens you up. That's why I say it's the deepest relationship. That's smart. The right arm doesn't lift up your head, it embraces you to become one with me. That's love. You become one with me. In between this kala, what's ye love ishi? My husband accompanies me. What's dover hazeh? Which thing? Who spoke about a thing? Which thing? It's not so clear. Which thing? You're talking God. You're talking about God. Is that a thing? You never call Hashem a thing. Dover is usually associated with Dibur. The answer is, you have to look where he's had the last time Dover. In the beginning of Krishna it said, V'hoyu hadvarim These words, which is also the word Dover, because in Hebrew, everything is a word. Because what's the existence of a person? DNA. DNA are words. You understand? A thing is a word. Dover is dibur, daber, dover. We don't have a thing, it's words. Everything is words. In physics, you know, physical matter is just a, a, uh, an optical, I don't want to say an illusion, it's not mamash an illusion, but it's the way our brains define reality. If you go deeper, if we have microscopic eyes, it's words, it's energy, it's consciousness. So hadover has this, he says, That's Torah. The source of Torah is very lofty. 
it comes into physical ideas and properties. Now this is one of the key ideas of Pnimi Yisat especially with Alter Rebbe. Taira is essentially divine spiritual language. It has the levush of Gashmias. When you're learning about a cow being gored by a bull, you're really touching transcendent ideas. It's a levush. It's a levush of Gashmias. Everything. Every story in Chumash, every mitzvah, every idea in Shas and Halacha. Water Water will always look for the lowest space to go down to. That's what happened to Taira. It assumes a completely physical incarnation. Stories, physical mitzvahs, physical halachas, technicalities, non-stop. But what is it really? It's really primitive. People think Kabbalah, Chesidus, and Nigla are two separate Taira's. They're not. One is the language of the transcendence, and one is the language of the concrete logic. It's not two titus. You understand? This is the future of Judaism, because this is Gula Judaism, because if you don't understand this about Taita, so then sometimes a person's deepest spiritual awareness and experiences either are non-existent, or they come from elsewhere. So Hadavar Azeh So now here is the awareness of Levi. Listen to this awareness. Emes. When I reach Shimon, I realize that on my own, I don't have that ability to go up and be submerged in the infinite light and bring my soul back and restore it to become completely one. Because to go up on that mountain, I really have to be, I have to be there. So am I lonely? But the Ein Soif comes into me. The Ein Soif Mitzad himself, himself, he comes in to the lowest place, Shashayru Mizgala B'Tayda. He gave me the Tayda and he dwells in the Tayda. So that that oneness is fully manifested and revealed in the lowest reality, just like in the highest reality. That's Levi. Hapam Yilava Ishi Elai. I'm in awe, yeah, I'm in awe. But now you reach out to me. <laughs> and that's what happens after awe. After awe, there's a much deeper relationship and it goes away from isolation because now the connection becomes much deeper. The connection is even to the place that you can't connect with. But it's not from my initiation. It's not in a way of control. It comes from the other. Now my husband reaches out to me. Now Hashem reaches out to me from that place of complete transcendence. That I comes in. And that's essentially what Torah is in Judaism. In other words, why is there Torah? There should just be meditation. There are spiritual disciplines where the relationship with God is through meditation, and trust me, it's deep. (laughs) Not many of us know about it, but it's very deep. You touch very deep places of existence. 
That's what Avram had, Yitzchak had, Yaakov had. It says Avram gave the gifts to the East, right? He sent his children to the East. So it says in Zoyar, it was spiritual meditation. That's why in the East they developed the spiritual, one of the mantras in Buddhism is Brahman, which comes from the word Avram probably. But it's before Matan Of course. All these psukum are about marriage. The marriage is a muscle for the nimshal. The marriage is the levut. That's what he said. Torah comes into Gashmi's. The marriage is the garment, the way it's expressed in this world. The Rambam says the whole Shira Shirim is a muscle. It doesn't mean it's a muscle and it's not about marriage. That's ridiculous. Shleim HaMelech wrote a whole book to fool you. People say Shira Shirim is not about a man and a woman. They missed the point. Shashidim is that the man and the woman down here reflect this relationship. So how are you seeing it in a marriage? You... He's, saying, he's saying a spouse could give this to a spouse. What yeah. a spouse give to me. Yeah, a spouse to a spouse. After Ava and after Yira comes Levi. There's a sense of loneliness. I feel like I don't know anything. I really don't know. And again, this is coming from from a very, very deep, worked out place. Not I don't know because, you know, you're Meshuggah, I'm Meshuggah. <laughs> I'm not interested. It's the awe, it's the reverence. So what's now? So now, that becomes the relationship. Now I'm reaching out to you. In, from that awe... You get my eye, but not you get it through control. You get it because you love Ishi Eli. Because the other really comes into you. It's a gift. A response, yeah. A response. It's, it's the ultimate response. So, Hapam Yilove Ishi Eli is the reaching out that comes after this. And he says, that was the gift of Torah. What's Torah? Torah has the whole yichud. Torah has the ain't soif. It's a levush. It's levush agachmis. That's why they were the Alter Rebbe, the Kayotzebaza. Torah was meant so much. It wasn't knowledge. Obviously, it's knowledge also, and it certainly wasn't. I should be able to be a gadol. That was irrelevant. That's a form of immaturity. It was a relationship with everything, with, with, with the ultimate Ein Soif. But the way, in a way that it, it has a, a language that's accessible to the human being. And that's a connection that could only come from that side. Because I can't, I can't go there on my own. Ein ani Through immersing in Torah, the person can draw down the Ein Soif mamish. And he says, Mamish on his soul. If your heart races, go back. What's go back? Yira. Go back. Retreat. So there's no echad anymore. I'm lonely. There's no oneness. He says, no. Over here you'll find echad through Levi. But it's not the echad that comes from my own ability to be able to have it, this is the real echad from which I had so much awe. 
the real oneness, the real infinity. And in my shuv, I could connect to that because you're connecting to me. Because you don't want to be alone. Because you cherish the relationship more than anything else. And that was the gift of Matan Torah. There's an element of transcendence that's beyond the human. Yeah. In a marriage, it means I don't have to know you to go into that place. I can go into that place without knowing you. Trusting that there is a oneness, even in that place. But it's not through knowing. Comes down. It come it communicates from above Lamata into my place, into the lowest place. That's why there's such an elaboration to affirm it. Emes, v'yatsev, v'nochen, v'kayam. You want to be ma'asherit, to affirm it. Aleinu, alaviseinu, alarishoinim, valachroinim. You know, it doesn't stop. On the beginning, the first ones, the last ones, us, our parents. Baneinu, they're saying, what's, what's the issue here? Umamshichim milmayla emes, v'yatsev, v'nochen, v'nechmod, v'noyim liyas, hamshachas eirin, seifbaruch, hushoyrum, izgalabar, etoyrum. Because you need to affirm this this level of the relationship. <laughs> this level of the relationship needs tremendous affirmation. Because it's so it's so mysterious. It's so beyond. It's so profound. Number one. Number two. I'm trying to connect to that which is the ultimate truth. The emes and the yatsev and the nachin and the kayam. That, that, that could be with me. That could connect with me. The erin soif should should be revealed in my Torah. It shouldn't just be external Torah. The Ein Soif should be Shadom as Galaber Torah. So it's Albaneinu, Alderiseinu, Zeri Yisrael, Rishoinim, Achroinim. And that's the whole section of that bracha, Tilgal Yisrael. What is it about? It's about how you redeemed me. Mimitzrayim Galtonu, Yamsuf Bakata, Kol Pchereim Harakta. Right? At the end, what do you say? You elevate the humble ones to the highest place. Why is that all part of that bracha? It's not stam you saying more praises about Hashem. This is the next level of apam yilove ishi elai. It's the reaching out, and this is true. This is emes v'yatsev v'nachem v'kayim. This is real. This is true. It's authentic. That from that place of awe, from that place of, of complete distance, from that place where I don't know anything, where I don't know you, I'm not lonely. On the contrary, now becomes the deepest relationship with that unknowable, with that ain't soif. Maybe to simplify a little bit, we had here three stages in a relationship. One is, I reach out to you, I study you, I see you, I really see you. I want to see you. And the more I see, the more I love, the more I love, the more I see. Right? And I become glued, I become mesmerized, like he said, it's real appreciation, real connection, real relationship. Which, as we know, that first stage is pretty good. Then there's a deeper stage, and the deeper stage is, I realize the boundaries, I realize the barriers that I can't cross. I realize the need for respect. I realize the parts that I don't know. And that's also a relationship. There's a relationship of awe, there's a relationship of mystery, there's a relationship of respect. 
You know, when a husband keeps on telling a wife how she's supposed to think, it's not a good marriage, how she's supposed to feel. Anybody knows what I'm talking about? That means you don't respect a secret. There's a secret. Don't tell me about my secret. Listen. That's what happens in a good marriage. You listen, there's a secret. Right? Now, no, 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 no. You shouldn't, you shouldn't, you shouldn't. Grow up. It's the worst thing for a marriage. Try it, you'll see. Don't try it. But you, if you tried it, you know what I'm talking about, you know? What does grow up mean? Grow up means I know everything about you, right? And I'm summing you up as a baby. That's very disrespectful. Now you might say, but it's true. <laughs> That's the point. <laughs> That's the point. Now I'm not talking about, there's always a distance. I'm not talking about in a case where there's real trauma, mental illness, personality disorder, and then there's a whole different dynamic going on. You know, there's a person needs serious help, so that always has to be understood. I don't think the husband should be the one deciding that, but uh, you probably need an objective voice because you also may be traumatized. But you understand what I'm saying? There's a secret, there's a certain secret. I want to tell you an interesting thing in Lashon Kaidish. The word lahakir, lahakir, what does that mean? To recognize has similar letters to the word nachri. You're alien, nachri, right? At nachria. You understand? To recognize somebody means to know that you don't know. It's unbelievable in Lashon Kaidish. Hekir, lahakir. I recognize, right? Nachar, chafresh, nun chafresh is menukar. You're, you're, you're strange, you're, you're, you're different. A nachri, we call a goya nachri, what does that mean? You have it in Rus, at nachria, you're a stranger. A stranger among us. When you recognize me, you know that I'm a stranger. When you don't recognize me, you think you know me. That's the second step. That's very powerful. Because it's a relationship with actually a deeper place inside of me. You're connecting to my loneliness. How do you connect to my loneliness? Through awe. Through awe. Respect, that's what respect is. You can't really love it, you know why? Because you don't know what to love. But you can be in awe of it. And that's love. That's a form of love. It's a respect. It's I cherish it, I cherish it. Now there's Levi. The first two is my experience. Now Levi is your response. That's a whole new dimension. Reuven and Shimon is my experience. Now obviously I'm looking for feedback, and there is feedback. But Levi is hapami love ishi It's where you, in your essence, feel comfortable to reach out, to open. And then, it's not that I control you. It's I opened myself up to this, but now you want me. And that's very powerful, because it's you want me. It's not I want you, it's you want me. And that's what he says, that's what Emes Vyatsev is. After second parish of Krishna, Ani Hashem Chem, Emes Vyatsev, you could doubt it, right? You say, no, 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 it's real. And the ultimate emes is coming in. Hadavr hazeh. And it's for me and my children. It was my parents. Nushayinim, achreinim. This maimir you have to experience. You can't learn it. 
I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. It's almost Hashem is affirming it through our mouth. Trust it, trust it, trust it. You're not alone. You're not alone. You're not alone. And it's a chiddush that you're not alone because you rent a shimon. It's a very vulnerable, it's a very vulnerable connection. God is very vulnerable here. He's like, I know you don't know me, but I want to be with you. But I don't have to be with you on a brain level. But I'll be there, I'll be there. And that's why Torah has endless layers because it's, it's not a brain level. It's a brain level too, because I'll come in there, I'll come into your brain too, but don't stop by the brain. You can go deeper, deeper, deeper. That's the dvekas of Torah. But for this, you can't learn Torah in a traumatized way. I met a person this week, so he finished Shas, he spent years learning, but now he's in a different world. So I asked him if he still learns Gemara. He says, I'm traumatized by it. I said, you finished Shas? He says, yeah, because of guilt. You understand? So a person opens up a Gemara, it's very hard for them. It's triggering, you know, you're not good, you're guilty, you're shameful, just finish Shas, you'll be a Bentayri, you'll be a Mensch, you'll be a Yid. Now you're a worthy, worthless piece of junk. But that's not the Gemara that Al-Tareb is talking about. Al-Tareb, every piece of Gemara, is the, it's a gift of Ein Saif. Even a Machloikas, Abaya and Rava, Rabami and Rabasi, Rabyochan and Rishlokish, Rav and Shmuel, Bishami and Basila. About a technical thing. Right? How a person pays back a loan if the person is a liar or not a liar. What, what please? What? <laughs> and mo, mo, many of those are irrelevant. It's irrelevant if you don't understand the ain't safe of it. If you get the ain't safe, it's as relevant as it gets. It just has a lavush of Gashmias. Imagine every piece of Gemara Mishnayas that's learned with every Yeshiva Bacher is taught with one addition. And that is, how does this relate to your emotional, psychological, spiritual life? That's the Torah of Geula, the f- complete fusion between the Pnimius and the Chitzainius, the Nigla and the Nister, the body and the soul. Fusion. That's what he's saying here. And that's the Mayim, that's the water. Yorab Yosef. Yeah, yeah, I agree. There's a beautiful Gemara Meseches Megillah. Here's an example. The Gemara says, the beginning, the end of the first period, close to the, it says by Achashverish that he loved Esther. So it says he loved the Nara and he loved the Isha. He calls her like a Nara, which is a little girl, and a Isha, a wife. So the Gemara says, why does he use both expressions? So the Gemara says something a little strange. And that is that Esther had a unique gift. Ratsa litoim tam psula, tam tam psula. Ratsa litoim tam buula, tam tam buula. Pashtus is describing the hedonistic Meshagasan of Achashverish. Or not Meshagasan, just very, you know, human, uh, human experiences. If he wanted to experience the taste of a of a virgin, of a, of a woman who never had relations. That's what he got in Esther. And if he wanted a Baula, somebody with experience, somebody who was already married, that's what he tasted. So that's why she has both in the Megillah. So you're like looking at this Gemara, like, okay, so do we really have to know what a Baltai Vachashverish was? And 
and what type of gift Esther had, and what does it even mean that a person has? She said, I don't know, God did it because he wanted Achashverosh to be infatuated by her, so, you know, he gave him the best of all uh, scenarios. Huh? From Yosef. But the truth is, there's something much deeper here. So there's a Lushan from the Maharal. The Maharal writes about this. And he says that Esther was somebody that you always felt you didn't, you didn't know her. <laughs> you always felt his chachas. Because you don't know. It's like, you, I, never, I never met you before. There was something in Esther. There was a mystique about her that you never felt you knew her. So the, I think I saw the Shemesh Shmuel, the Avni Nezer, one of them writes, what's the Maral saying? Maral saying is, that that's what the Torah is. The Torah is considered like, Torah Tziva Lanu Moshe, Moirasha, the Gemara says, Moirasa, right? It's married to us. The Torah is the Kala. Moirasa. Moirasha is Moirasa, Sanhedrin. The Torah is married. So he says, how do you have to learn Torah? Hishachos. It's like a psula. I never met you before. <laughs> that was the power of Esther. On one hand, she was a person with experience. There was a maturity there. On the other hand, Chashveish always felt the sense of, I don't know you. That's what I mean. Esther never said who she is, her nation. It's not just she didn't say the facts. Huh? It was her essence. You saw right away what you don't know. And that drives people crazy. Or it excites them to no end, right? Which one are you? It drives you crazy if you want to control me. It uh, <laughs> it excites me if you can if, if if I could be in awe, if I could if I can have respect. I don't know if the word, right word is a teaser, but I guess it's a form of teasing. In other words, there's so much more, right? There's so much more, but to be able to get that much more. You have to be distant. That's the hard part. I want to. I want to. I want to. I want to get it. No, no. You have to be distant. In the distance, you'll get much more, because you're not going to dumb it down. You won't define it, and then you'll have apam yilave ishi which is the next step. And that was the gift of of Torah. So all the meditation is very powerful, and it brings a person to very deep places of existence that the human brain and the human soul can attach to. And it goes to very deep places. It says, here is the Ein Saif on its terms. But where? Wherever you are. Wherever you are, this is, this is the Ein Saif. After this, you come to Yehuda. Now you want to know what Yehuda is, right? What's Nachvilstu? <laughs> So Be'ezer Hashem will continue Monday morning, the end of the Maimer. Everybody have a beautiful Shabbos. Yeah. Tomorrow morning we'll have our regular shear, 9 o'clock. Have a beautiful Erev Shabbos and a beautiful Shabbos. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.